Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, November 6th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is 20 minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Kayai Sarah, and it means life of Sarah. Genesis 23, 17-24, 9 So Ephron's field, which was in Machpelah, which faced Mamre, the field and the cave which was in it, and all the trees which were in the field that were then the confines of the border were deeded over to Abraham for a possession in the presence of the sons of Heth before all who went in at the gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried Sarah his wife in the cave of the field at Machpelah facing Mamre, that is Hebron, 
in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave that is in it were deeded over to Abraham for a burial site by the sons of Heth. Now Abraham was old, advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his household, who had charge of all that he owned, Please place your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live, but you will go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to this land. Should I take your son back to the land from where you came? Then Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you will take a wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this my oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. Ezekiel 14.12-16.41 Then this message came to me, Ezekiel, from the Lord. Son of man, suppose the people of a country were to sin against me, and I lifted my fist to crush them, cutting off their food supply and sending a famine to destroy both people and animals. Even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, their righteousness would save no one but themselves, says the Sovereign Lord. Or suppose I were to send wild animals to invade the country, kill the people, and make the land too desolate and dangerous to pass through. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, even if those three men were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved, but the land would be made desolate. Or suppose I were to bring war against the land, and I sent enemy armies to destroy both people and animals. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, even those three men who were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved. Or suppose I were to pour out my fury by sending an epidemic into the land, and the disease killed people and animals alike. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, even if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, they wouldn't be able to save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved by their righteousness. Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says. How terrible it will be when all four of these dreadful punishments fall upon Jerusalem. War, famine, wild animals, and disease, destroying all her people and animals. Yet there will be survivors, and they will come here to join you as exiles in Babylon. You will see with your own eyes how wicked they are, and then you will feel better about what I have done to Jerusalem. When you meet them and see their behavior, you will understand that these things are not being done to Israel without cause. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. 
Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, how does a grapevine compare to a tree? Is a vine's wood as useful as the wood of a tree? Can its wood be used for making things like pegs to hang up pots and pans? No, it can only be used for fuel, and even as fuel it burns too quickly. Vines are useless both before and after being put into the fire. And this is what the Sovereign Lord says, The people of Jerusalem are like grapevines growing among the trees of the forest. Since they are useless, I have thrown them on the fire to be burned. And I will see to it that if they escape from one fire, they will fall into another. When I turn against them, you will know that I am the Lord, and I will make the land desolate because my people have been unfaithful to me. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, confront Jerusalem with her detestable sins. Give her this message from the Sovereign Lord. You are nothing but a Canaanite. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. On the day you were born, no one cared about you. Your umbilical cord was not cut, and you were never washed, rubbed with salt, or wrapped in cloth. No one had the slightest interest in you. No one pitied you or cared for you. On the day you were born, you were unwanted, dumped in a field, and left to die. But I came by and saw you there, helplessly kicking about in your own blood. As you lay there, I said, Live! And I helped you to thrive like a plant in the field. You grew up and became a beautiful jewel. Your breasts became full and your body hair grew, but you were still naked. And when I passed by again, I saw that you were old enough for love. So I wrapped my cloak around you to cover your nakedness and declared my marriage vows. I made a covenant with you, says the Lord God, and you became mine. Then I bathed you and washed off your blood, and I rubbed fragrant oils into your skin. I gave you expensive clothing of fine linen and silk, beautifully embroidered, and sandals made of fine goatskin leather. I gave you lovely jewels, bracelets, beautiful necklaces, a ring for your nose, earrings for your ears, and a lovely crown for your head. And so you were adorned with gold and silver. Your clothes were made of fine linen and costly fabric and were beautifully embroidered. You ate the finest foods, choice flour, honey, and olive oil, and became more beautiful than ever. You looked like a queen, and so you were. Your fame soon spread throughout the world because of your beauty. I dressed you in my splendor and perfected your beauty, says the Sovereign Lord. But you thought your fame and beauty were your own. So you gave yourself as a prostitute to every man who came along. Your beauty was theirs for the asking. You used the lovely things I gave you to make shrines for idols, where you played the prostitute. Unbelievable! How could such a thing ever happen? You took the very jewels and gold and silver ornaments I had given you and made statues of men and worshipped them. This is adultery against me. You used the beautifully embroidered clothes I gave you to dress your idols. Then you used my special oil and my incense to worship them. Imagine it. You set before them as a sacrifice the choice flour, olive oil, and honey I had given you, says the Sovereign Lord. Then you took your sons and daughters, 
the children you had borne to me, and sacrificed them to your gods. Was your prostitution not enough? Must you also slaughter my children by sacrificing them to idols? In all your years of adultery and detestable sin, you have not once remembered the days long ago when you lay naked in a field, kicking about in your own blood. What sorrow awaits you, says the Sovereign Lord. In addition to all your other wickedness, you built a pagan shrine and put idols in every town square. On every street corner you defiled your beauty, offering your body to every passerby in an endless stream of prostitution. Then you added lustful Egypt to your lovers, provoking my anger with your increasing promiscuity. That is why I struck you with my fist and reduced your boundaries. I handed you over to your enemies, the Philistines, and even they were shocked by your lewd conduct. You have prostituted yourself with the Assyrians, too. It seems you can never find enough new lovers. And after your prostitution there, you still were not satisfied. You added to your lovers by embracing Babylonia, the land of merchants, but you still weren't satisfied. What a sick heart you have, says the Sovereign Lord, to do such things as these, acting like a shameless prostitute. You build your pagan shrines on every street corner and your altars to idols in every square. In fact, you have been worse than a prostitute, so eager for sin that you have not even demanded payment. Yes, you are an adulterous wife who takes in strangers instead of her own husband. Prostitutes charge for their services, but not you. You give gifts to your lovers, bribing them to come and have sex with you. So you are the opposite of prostitutes. You pay your lovers instead of them paying you. Therefore, you prostitute, listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because you have poured out your lust and exposed yourself in prostitution to all your lovers, and because you have worshipped detestable idols, and because you have slaughtered your children as sacrifices to your gods, this is what I am going to do. I will gather together all your allies, the lovers with whom you have sinned, both those you loved and those you hated, and I will strip you naked in front of them so they can stare at you. I will punish you for your murder and adultery. I will cover you with blood in my jealous fury. Then I will give you to these many nations who are your lovers, and they will destroy you. They will knock down your pagan shrines and the altars to your idols. They will strip you and take your beautiful jewels, leaving you stark naked. They will band together in a mob to stone you and cut you up with swords. They will burn your homes and punish you in front of many women. I will stop your prostitution and end your payments to your many lovers. Hebrews 7, 18-28 Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless, for the Torah never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. This new system was established with a solemn oath. Aaron's descendants became priests without such an oath. But there was an oath regarding Yeshua, 
For God said to him, The Lord has taken an oath and will not break his vow. You are a priest forever. Because of this oath, Yeshua is the one who guarantees this better covenant with God. There were many priests under the old system, for death prevented them from remaining in service. But because Yeshua lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He is the kind of high priest we need because he is holy and blameless, unstained by sin. He has been set apart from sinners and has been given the highest place of honor in heaven. Unlike those other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices every day. They did this for their own sins first and then for the sins of the people. But Yeshua did this once for all when he offered himself as the sacrifice for the people's sins. The law appointed high priests who were limited by human weakness. But after the law was given, God appointed his son with an oath, and his son has been made the perfect high priest forever. Psalm 106, 1-12 Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise him enough? There is joy for those who deal justly with others and always do what is right. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come near and rescue me. Let me share in the prosperity of your chosen ones. Let me rejoice in the joy of your people. Let me praise you with those who are your heritage. Like our ancestors, we have sinned. We have done wrong. We have acted wickedly. Our ancestors in Egypt were not impressed by the Lord's miraculous deeds. They soon forgot his many acts of kindness to them. Instead, they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. Even so, he saved them to defend the honor of his name and to demonstrate his mighty power. He commanded the Red Sea to dry up. He led Israel across the sea as if it were a desert. So he rescued them from their enemies and redeemed them from their foes. Then the water returned and covered their enemies. Not one of them survived. Then his people believed his promises. Then they sang his praise. Proverbs 27, 4-6 Anger is cruel, and wrath is like a flood, but jealousy is even more dangerous. An open rebuke is better than hidden love. Words from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. I want to speak to you today from our reading from Ezekiel chapter 14 through 16, and then we're going to jump into Hebrews 7 and 8. And in Ezekiel chapter 16, we have a picture that is painted for us, that the Lord shows us this picture about a baby that is born 
that was put out on the open field left to die, unwanted, dumped in a field and left to die, bloody. And the Lord came along and he saw this baby and he cleaned it and washed off the blood and rubbed salt and wrapped the baby in swaddling clothes and raised this baby. And it's a little girl. And again, this little girl, this baby, is a picture of Israel. And then as she grows and becomes a young woman, uh, it says, I wrapped my cloak around you to cover your nakedness and declared my marriage vows. I made a covenant with you, says the Sovereign Lord, and you became mine. So that takes us right back to Mount Sinai when Moses went up the mountain and came down with the two stone tablets with the Ten Commandments. And when he asked the people, will you obey? And they all said, yes, we will. This was the Lord's marriage proposal to his bride. And when they said, yes, we will obey, this was their yes, I do. It was a marriage covenant, an invitation to have intimate relationship with Yeshua. And they immediately broke the covenant and recalled that there was the golden calf incident, that when Moses went back up the mountain while he was away, they built this golden calf and began to worship the golden calf. And so idolatry in the eyes of God is like spiritual adultery. It is the deepest kind of betrayal and treachery you can ever know. I don't know if any of you listening have ever experienced that, been in a marriage where your spouse cheated on you and had an adulterous affair with somebody else. But it is one of the most grievous, hurtful things that you can ever go through, the betrayal and the treachery of the defiling of the marriage bed. And so the Lord goes on in this chapter and talks about how idolatrous they were, and then that she was like a harlot or prostitute, but instead of getting paid to do her prostitution, she pays her lovers to come to her. And then she even offers up her own children and sacrifices them to her idols. This can be equated with modern-day plague of abortion. And abortion is very high, has been very high in the U.S. and in Israel. Um, So abortion is the equivalent of offering up your children to an idol. And the idol of the heart would be self. Oh, it's inconvenient right now. This is not a good time to have a child. To the God of self. And so... You can hear the broken heart of the father as he lays out how this beautiful woman that he rescued from infanticide turns against him and chases after other lovers. And yet, we also hear in Hebrews chapter 7, the mercy, the compassion, the forgiveness of God. And so we had one priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, and they would go in once a year on the Day of Atonement to offer a sacrifice for the sins of the nation. But of course, these Levitical priests were human, and they were weak and frail, and actually the priesthood became very corrupted. But then we have a new priesthood, 
or actually a revived, restored priesthood. And that new priesthood, the revived, restored priesthood, is the Melchizedek priesthood, and it's Yeshua. He is the great high priest of the order of Melchizedek. And so because there's a new priesthood, it means there's a new covenant, not a renewed covenant, a brand new covenant that is better than the first one. So the first one, um, the covenant that was given at Mount Sinai, the marriage covenant, uh, it didn't work because there was a problem with the people's hearts. They had hearts of stone. So the problem wasn't with the Torah, it was with the people and with their hearts. But in this new covenant, this better covenant, now the people, we, are given a new heart. God takes the heart of stone out and he gives us a heart of flesh. And then we become born again. And his spirit, the spirit of Yeshua, the Christ, comes to dwell within us. And then he begins to write his Torah, his word, upon our heart by the Holy Spirit. And so we have this great high priest, Yeshua, who lives to forever intercede for us on our behalf. So we can come in to the throne of grace with confidence and a better hope that we can draw near to God. We can go into the Holy of Holies that before was restricted. Only the Levitical priests could go there. Now, you and I, we can go there in our prayer closet and draw near with confidence to God the Father through the blood of our, of our Messiah, Yeshua. So thank God for his mercy and his grace, because every one of us, before we came to know the Lord, was an idolater, an adulteress, a sinner, full of corruption and greed and selfishness and pride. We all, every one of us, come to him in that state and in that condition, and it's by his blood that we are washed and we are cleansed. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Please enjoy this beautiful worship song, By His Stripes, sung by Brad Grumman. By His stripes we are healed With His sign we are sealed By His stripes we are healed with His sign. We are sealed. How much more will the blood of Mashiach's spotless sacrifice cleanse your conscience from dead religion to serve the living God? These are those who through tribulation overcame this world who died to self and have washed their robes in the precious blood of the lamb by his stripes we are healed with his sign we are sealed by his stripes we are healed with his sign we are sealed 
Yeshua said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know I am. Yeshua said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know I am. By His stripes, we are here with His sign. We are sealed by His stripes. We are healed with His sign. We are sealed. And how much more will the blood of Mashiach spot the sacrifice? Cleanse your conscience from dead religion to serve the living Yah. These are those who through tribulation overcame this world. Who died to self and have washed their robes in the precious blood of the Lamb. By His stripes we are healed with His sign. We are sealed by His stripes. We are healed with His sign. We are sealed. Yeshua said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know I am. Yeshua said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know I am. And by His stripes we are healed with His sign. We are sealed by His stripes. We are healed with His sign. We are sealed by His stripes. We are healed with His sign. We are sealed by His stripes. We are healed with His sign. We are sealed by His stripes. We are healed. Adonai
The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.